0: Let us receive the word of God for us
1: this morning. Thomas said to him, to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands. you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. This is God's Word offered to us in its reading and in its hearing, so we give thanks to the Lord God Almighty. Will you pray with me? Gracious Father, we give praise to your name, for you have a love that chases us down, in a powerful, relentless way. Lord, I pray that we could experience some of that love this morning through your scripture, the proclamation of your word. Lord, may the gospel be spoken truly, and may it be your word speaking through Jason. God, open our ears to hear. Let us be attentive to the Spirit. Whatever you have to say to us this morning, let us latch onto to it and take it in. Apply it to our lives, Lord. These things we pray in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Brothers and sisters, uh, we, we have, uh, over the course of this year at Covenant, been... Uh, been in an annual theme that we have uh, called "rooted," and we've been focusing in on what it means to be rooted in God's Word and to be rooted in our faith and be rooted in our identity as followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, and and we've gone along the way, uh, series by series. And, and as we got to Easter, uh, as a team, we were we were praying over what is it that 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 this season particularly uh, called us to to focus in on and. And we wanted to take one step out of the garden uh, for a moment and, and, and not focus in as much on what it means to, to, be, to be planted and to be rooted, but to take a moment back and look at who is this gardener? Uh, who indeed is God Almighty? What, what is it that we do when, when, we, when we offer our lives to God, when we profess faith in God? Uh, what does it look like for us as a people to be a people of God. And so uh, this series, Gardner, begins uh, in, in a place that, that seems uh, somewhat logical to me, and, and it's a question for us as Christians uh, of, of whether we are what is called monotheistic or whether we are what is called polytheistic. Monotheistic and polytheistic. Monotheism uh, would be that there is one God, theism, uh, the belief in God. And so, so is it one God belief system, or is it multiple, poly, multiple, multiple God belief system? And and when you look at the world religion, you can see world religions. You can see that there are uh, there are religions that have uh, uh, both different sets of beliefs. Uh, the religion of Islam, the re- religion of Judaism, uh, they are monotheistic, one God. Then you see uh, also the religion of Hinduism. Hinduism is a belief in, in not just uh, multiple gods, but millions of gods. It's uh, a polytheistic uh, kind of on steroids, okay? Uh, as many gods as there are uh, ideas to conceive of God. And so whenever we have the, this dynamic, we have to figure out where are we as Christians in this understanding? Are we monotheistic or are we polytheistic? We, uh, as followers of Jesus Christ, uh, find our roots in, in Judaism, and then they birth from there in the lordship of Christ, God's only son. And so, so we could look back to, to Judaism and hear how they identify their monotheism. It's uh, in, in, a, in a scripture called the Shema, Shema. It comes to us uh, in in, in Deuteronomy, and and it, it, it says this. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's what it says. Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And this is something, this is a prayer that that as a faithful Jew, you would pray uh, daily, uh, multiple times a day, in fact. uh, On a journey that I took uh, to Turkey, this was part of uh, what we did uh, to, to journey as Christ would journey and to understand what it meant to live a life of faith as Christ taught us to live. And so we prayed that Shema, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, monotheism. That, that, that provides clear context uh, for Jews and for us as Christians. We also profess a monotheistic faith that there is only one God. That, that any, other, any other attempt at identifying another God is, is a false God. There is nothing else in all of creation that would be God because there is only one God. There there are two categories of things in this world. There are things that were created and things or a thing that created. There is only one that is that. So we could look at these chairs, created, altar, created. Uh, All of you, created. Me, created. This room, created. All of it, creative. Everything that we could see and that we cannot see has been created except for God. God is the only thing that is eternally existent. So that is, for us, uh, a foundation that we are monotheistic, one God. But the reason why we start here uh, in this series on the gardener to understand who God is is because uh, for us as Christians, sometimes I think we have confusion on this because we have father, son, and Spirit. We have what we call in the Christian church, the Trinity. And the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, can at times offer confusion for us. And we fail to conceive of how you can have Father, Son, and Spirit while at the same time having one God. So we have this question, uh, is Jesus God? We wonder, is Jesus God? And then we think, well, if Jesus is God, doesn't that mean we're polytheistic? Aren't there multiple gods? And, and so we go back to that question, is Jesus God? Most certainly, we have to believe that Jesus is God. We believe that Jesus is God and, and because uh, whenever John 14 says that, that Jesus is gathering with his disciples, the disciples want to see God. They, they ask specifically, can we see God? If we could see God, we would believe. And Jesus says to them directly, look, if you see me, you see God. If you see me, you see God. There there, there is one God. If you see me, you see God. And and, and so uh, seeing Jesus, knowing Jesus, experiencing Jesus is knowing, seeing, experiencing God. And we can pull back from from, from that literal uh, uh, remembering of John 14, and we can go into the necessity of Jesus being God. If Jesus isn't God, then what are we doing here, right? If if the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, if the conquering of death that we celebrated last week, if the tomb opening and Jesus rising from the dead was Jesus man, not Jesus God, then we're missing something. We believe as Christians that Jesus is fully man and fully God. Jesus is fully human and fully divine at the same time. Jesus must be God. Why? Why? Because there is an eternal promise, an eternal need that we have that is called sin, and there is an eternal victory. And if the need and the victory is eternal, then Jesus must also be eternal. Y'all with me? See, See, Jesus is God. And then the Holy Spirit. We hear about the Holy Spirit, and I think, I think we encounter the Holy Spirit. We talk about the Holy Spirit, and we think, and we wonder, well, well, is the Holy Spirit God? If the Holy Spirit is God, then how are we monotheistic? What is this? Is this polytheism? And, and if, we, if we read John 14, we, we have to come to see that Jesus uh, is God and that the Holy Spirit is God. You see, it says in John 14, verse 17, that this Spirit that God gives is Quite, uh, quite literally, a spirit of truth. Spirit of truth. Now, that's a powerful uh, use of language for two reasons. Two reasons, and it tells us uh, just the, the, the name for the Holy Spirit, being a spirit of truth, tells us the Holy Spirit is God in two ways. The first is this. You see, just earlier in, in chapter 14, we heard that Jesus said in verse 6, I am the way, the truth. Y'all can help me out. I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, I am the truth, and then the Holy Spirit is coming, and the Spirit is the spirit of truth. And so since we have a spirit of truth, we have a spirit that is one in Jesus, one in God. We know it's one in God because we could go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And if we go back to Genesis in the Garden of Eden, and, and, and God gives the command, there, there, is, there, is a tree, there are two types of tree in the gar, trees in the garden that God talks about specifically. One is a tree of life, and one is a tree that is the knowledge of good and evil. Do you remember what they get in trouble for? Right. They get in trouble for eating from this tree. There's this tree of knowledge, this tree that tells the world, that establishes this That is true. So now that we have a spirit of truth, we have a spirit that is God. So we have Father, Son, and Spirit, and we are yet monotheistic, one God. This for us is called the doctrine of the Trinity. These are three in one. There there, there is diversity. But there is also unity. There is unity in God and diversity in God. Now, I want you to know that this is an incredibly difficult theological principle for us to wrap our heads around. Uh, and uh, it seems a little bit insane that we would make this the second thing we would preach about as we open the building. Uh, because this is, uh, this is uh, quite challenging. But, but I want you to know that that this isn't as much a matter of needing to be able to articulate it. It's more a matter of believing it. You, you see, John Wesley talks specifically about this, about the doctrine of the Trinity, that sometimes we get lost in the minutia of the Trinity and we feel quite challenged to be able to articulate it. And, and John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, said this. He said, he said faith is not, is, is not barely a speculative, rational thing, a cold, lifeless a a train of ideas in the head. You, you see, see, faith isn't just all this stuff in your head and the ability to articulate it verbally. Faith is rather a disposition of the heart. Faith is about what's going on in your heart. So we strive as Christians to be able to know and understand and articulate, but even when we fall short of that articulation, we praise God because we have faith. Faith in God, all the more. So, we're going to dive in just a little bit into what this Trinity thing is. Uh, And I'm going to start with uh, uh, trite metaphors, okay? Uh, These are children's sermon esque metaphors. These are things that that we could all wrap our heads around. But I want you to know there's something about metaphors, particularly when we're talking about the gospel uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we're talking about things of faith, uh, they all fall apart. Every metaphor falls apart. Uh, it's why we know Jesus both as the good shepherd and uh, the lamb of God. Isn't that a little bit weird, right? We know Jesus as both a shepherd and a, a lamb, but uh, we're going we're gonna to dive into the Trinity. We're going to look at a, uh, just three different examples uh, that, that show us how this three in one might be able to function. The first is this. You might have heard this one. Uh, this was the first one I ever heard. Uh, H2O, right? H2O. Uh, H2O, when it is in liquid form, is water. Okay, H2O, when it is in a, a gas form, it is steam. H2O, when it is frozen, it is ice. And so uh, it's all H2O, right? One, one, and yet it's diverse. Uh, there's unity and diversity. Uh, one substance, three persons, okay? Uh, there, there's another one that, that, that I... Uh, came to, to, to adopt whenever I was at Candler School of Theology in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, every street in Atlanta has three names. Uh, as the street goes like this, uh, you get to one intersection, and all of a sudden the same road becomes a different thing, and the same road becomes a different thing, uh, but it's all one street, right? Uh, and so f- for us in Houston, we could think about it uh, like like uh, Interstate 69, Highway 59, the Southwest Freeway, Right? It's all the same road. It's all the same pavement, uh, but it's all hell. Um, <laughs> um, and and so so we have that established as uh, as an example of Trinity. Uh, one substance, one thing, but it's three different uh, three different names, three different expressions, uh, three different persons of one substance. And so uh, here's the last one, and, it, and it's one that. This is the one that I teach the confirmands uh, whenever we get to the Trinity and Confirmation Sunday. Uh, so whenever uh, I was uh, riding on a, uh, on a bus on a youth retreat, uh, the youth were all braiding each other's hair, not, not the boys, the girls. The girls were braiding each other's hair. And, and uh, have you ever see, seen a braid, a set of braids, that's three totally interwoven, strands that are brought together to make one braid all of its hair all of its hair from the same person from the same origin and yet it's it's one it's absolutely interwoven interwoven and whenever a girl does this what happens it all goes the same way right uh my hair's almost long enough to be able to to do that uh and and so all the hair all the hair moves as one has its origin in one, has its substance in one, and yet uh, there are three distinctive strands that are woven together. Now, as I said, all three of those metaphors can fall completely flat because they are not quite substantial enough, but they help us begin to understand how God can be three and yet be one. You see, for us, uh, that, that comes to us uh, quite clearly in Jesus' articulation of it in verse 10 of chapter 14. You see, it, you see, it says, don't you believe that I, that is Jesus, am in the Father and that the Father is in me? In the Gospel of John, that's actually repeated multiple times. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. They, they can't act. They can't move without the other or moving nothing is done by jesus the son that is not also done by the father almighty and vice versa you could see that from the beginning of creation which we'll get to next week but you you also see it all across the gospel witness that god the father and god the son move in absolute unison with one another and then to incorporate the spirit uh, we see it articulated in in verse 20 uh, of chapter 14 It says, On that day, you, the disciples, we, the disciples, will realize that I, Jesus, am in my Father, and you, the people of God, are in Jesus, and that I, Jesus, am in you by the power of the Spirit. Now, the very Spirit of God lives and dwells and has its being in you as we together live Trinitarian lives. As we offer our whole selves to one God in three persons. Why is it important that we as Christians believe in the Trinity? Uh, I'm, I'm going to give two, two reasons. Two reasons why it's important that we believe in the Trinity. The first is this unity and diversity I find essential uh, in our understanding of the body of Christ. There's one body and many members. There is unity in the body and there's diversity in the body, the body of Christ. And how essential is it for us as Christians who've received the great commission where Jesus has said, go forth into all the nations, baptizing them in the name of The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, even Jesus spoke in Trinitarian language, gave us command in Trinitarian form so that we would go to all the world. And it's essential that we understand that God, although unity, is also diversity so that we, God's body, might also reflect that beautiful, glorious diversity to the world. It's essential, brothers and sisters, that we reach out to the world knowing that God Almighty has called us into that space and his Trinitarian form invites that very presence. Also, for me, it's, it's essential because of the way the Trinity functions in salvation. And it functioned this way for me. And I believe that the Trinity is moving and having its being in our midst, every time we experience salvation. You see, salvation, Wesley says, salvation is about being drawn close, drawn near by the Father, enlightened, enlightened by the holy love of the Son, and then finally convicted day by day by the very real presence. Of the Holy Spirit. We are drawn near by God. We are enlightened with the love of the Son. And we are able to be convicted of our faith in Jesus by the Holy Spirit. It's essential for us, brothers and sisters, to see that God is one God, but these three persons meet us day by day in our life of faith and of grace. And so we journeyed together to meet the gardener, knowing that he is faithful in every way. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Gracious God, we come before you with praise and thanksgiving for this uh, wonderful day to be able to gather with uh, your, your brothers and sisters and to hear about uh, your, your, very, uh, your very essence, your, your presence with us. Lord, we, we thank you that, that you are one God that we could call upon your name and that we could, uh, we could know that you are uh, eternal, that you are everlasting, that you are uh, pre-existent, that you, that you range from eternity to eternity. And there is nothing that we can conceive of that's bigger or more vast or more broad than the love that we know in you. And so we ask, God, that you would also help us to meet to meet with you day by day, to meet with your spirit, the spirit of truth, to meet with your son, the savior of the world to meet with the Father who created and loved and gathers us together in worship. Lord, we ask that as we continue in worship that you would meet with us, that uh, as we continue and enter into this time of offering, Lord, that you would bless these gifts and the giver as well, that all that's done in this time of offering would be to your glory, to your honor and praise, that everything that is done uh, would be for your community, Uh, that, that the community would be blessed in and through it. Lord, be with us now as we continue worship. In Jesus' name, amen.